This episode was originally recorded in February 2022. You are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Pharmacy ITME Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Dow. And uh, today on our episode, we're going to be having our returning guest, CEO of DocStation, Dr. Sam Andreg, uh, to talk about a little bit more about how digital health has changed during COVID-19 and also about how DocStation uh, has also adapted and expanded during that time. So thank you so much for returning to the podcast today, Sam. How are you doing? Glad to be back, Tony. I'm doing really well. Awesome, awesome. So, you know, some people may not have heard you the first time we were, you, we had the episode. So just in case they haven't, can you kind of give, give us a little bit of a, I guess, a summary about your journey through pharmacy and uh, how you got to your uh, current position? I would be happy to do that. So my journey started off in a traditional way. I went to pharmacy school, got my PharmD at Iowa. I then went into residency. I did two years at the University of Kansas Hospital and Health System. My specialty was management and administration. So they really trained me to be a leader in general. And the traditional kind of path after that is taking an entry-level management position in a health system. So that's what I did. I uh, uprooted out of the Midwest, went down to Augusta, Georgia, and I managed the oncology service line at Augusta University Medical Center. Um, Eventually took on uh, another role in specialty pharmacy. We got that off the ground, and then started managing ambulatory care clinics. And all throughout that time, from pharmacy school to um, working inside the hospital, I got involved in health tech and health IT. So I spent about uh, 10 years um, in that space, uh, kind of in a consulting role, uh, working with the Pharmacy HIT Collaborative, Uh, learned so much, had so much fun. We built standards for interoperability and quality measure reporting specifically for pharmacists. So that's where I kind of learned all the tech stuff. And after about two and a half years at the hospital, I realized that, you know, all this tech stuff that we were building um, needed to go somewhere. Some people, some, some people needed to use it. How are we going to use it? And so uh, then I started to think about switching over to the vendor side. You know, maybe we can develop an actual platform where, you know, these uh, standards can be used and uh, help pharmacists kind of transition into being uh, frontline providers. And so that's what I'm doing today with DocStation. Awesome. So, so DocStation is the place that, you know, you started and you're a CEO of DocStation now. And uh, can you kind of give a brief summary about, uh, I guess, the mission statement and the goals that DocStation has? So DocStation's vision is access to safe, affordable, high quality healthcare for all people. So it's meant to be really far reaching um, because we feel like we're on this journey. We've got a long way to go. Uh, and our mission really centers us. So our mission is to empower pharmacists as frontline care providers. Awesome. So, and you know, you talked about DocStation also before on the podcast. So if anyone wanted to learn a little bit more about uh, what DocStation, how DocStation started and the early goals um, and other uh, avenues about that, you can check out the previous podcast that uh, Sam was on. But, you know, during COVID-19, COVID-19 has really affected practice everywhere. Like even on my side, the hospital side, I'm in the informatics side, we're doing a lot of different things with like EUA drugs really rapidly changing. Um, even our practice itself, some of the staff has to go home, work from home. Uh, I'm, I'm sure everyone listening can relate to some sort of, you know, aspect of that. Uh, but you know, for DocStation, during the pandemic, like we did see, and either before the podcast, we did kind of talk about this briefly, but uh, we did talk about like digital health being adopted. 
very much more rapidly. And I, I guess like from DocStation's standpoint, like how has that affected the way that DocStation is um, providing services? Yeah, I, well, I think first you got to think about what's going on in the front lines, right? So uh, throughout this pandemic, pharmacists and pharmacy is really just mobilized to uh, meet the needs of the general public. So we've got 60,000 brick and mortar pharmacies all across this country uh, in rural areas where there's really lack of access to primary care. And then in the cities on street corners, and we've kind of almost overnight have transitioned from being pharmacies that dispense medications to vaccine destinations. And so uh, the reality of that is that, you know, there's more work to do. Uh, there's workflow changes uh, and there's a lot of stress and demand on the front lines, all the pharmacists and technicians out there who are experiencing it day in and day out. And so I feel like that is that is the tough part about what's going on. You know, we're we're successful and we're vaccinating everyone and we're doing a great job, but it's it's taken its toll on us. And so uh, we're very sensitive to that and we're trying to help with that. But I think when you zoom out a little bit, um, what we've seen and what I've realized is that uh, the spotlight is now on pharmacists and the role that pharmacists play in public health in the United States. Uh, you know, more folks are going into their pharmacy and getting to know their pharmacist and going there just for, you know, general primary care reasons um, and also for immunizations. And so I think kind of on a macro level, this is a good thing for our profession. It's really hard. It's really tough and straining right now. But uh, overall, um, it's helping us move in the direction that uh, we've always wanted to go. So for DocStation like itself, um, from my understanding from before, is that DocStation provides a platform, right? That is correct. So you can think about DocStation as the electronic health record for pharmacists. So the one-liner of what we do is we help pharmacists get paid for services. And happy to dive into the, the details of that and even more of that. But uh, in general, you know, we're trying to create a situation where uh, a pharmacist can you know, graduate pharmacy school, uh, start their own practice, see patients, and uh, you know, basically build a sustainable business from that. So, um, I, I guess from a standpoint of like how COVID nineteen has changed practice, have you been able to um, provide additional features, functionalities with the platform that uh, adapted to how pharmacists are now practicing in, during COVID nineteen? Yep. So I can talk about really the two mechanisms in which. We help pharmacists get paid for services. And then I'll talk about them in the context of COVID. So the first way that we help pharmacists get paid is we actually go out and we engage with payers or health plans in their particular region. Um, these health plans really want to engage with pharmacists and leverage pharmacists as frontline care providers. You know, when you incentivize pharmacists and you, know, you pay them a certain amount of money, um, you know, there's incentive there for me to want to do things like chronic disease state management um, to make sure that my entire patient population is immunized, both for flu, for COVID-19, uh, and for all the other immunizations that are recommended by the CDC for that particular patient. And so, it's, it's changing the dynamic uh, and um, uh, going to payers and providing a kind of a seamless way to turn on a payment program or a value-based program really uh, engages the pharmacist and then allows them to provide more care. So the second way, and this has all happened, you know, uh, after our last podcast, I think it was about two years ago, but, um, you know, since we talked, uh, we've got now a total of four payers. Uh, on our platform that are paying pharmacists. And then uh, we went out and raised a little bit of money 
And we've got a, an entire you know, fee-for-service revenue cycle management built into DocStation. So the two mechanisms, so fee-for-service, you know, billing a claim to the insurance company and having that paid directly to the pharmacy, and then also direct contracts with health plans who want to pay pharmacists to close gaps in care. And so um, what we've noticed, in, at least in terms of the pandemic, is you know, in these value-based programs in particular, there are quality measures around closing gaps for immunizations. I think the easiest one to point to is the annual flu vaccine in the Medicare population. It's one of the star measures. Uh, but now, you know, we're looking at all different types of immunizations. Uh, and we're even, uh, to a certain extent, working with industry players to develop quality measures that are measured at the pharmacy level, not the plan level. So what that means is that, you know, pharmacies then kind of control their own destiny in terms of quality and can measure themselves. And, and that's becoming more of an industry standard. And so immunizations are a huge focus of that. So, you know, you did talk about like all these different, you know, there's contract negotiations, there's technology piece, there's like partnerships. And, you know, your experience has been a pharmacist before doing all this. And how did your experience prior to DocStation uh, kind of like help you in like what you're doing today? Was it kind of like, some transferable skills or was it more of like you you had a lot of things you needed to learn over these past few years while you're in that doc station role yeah i think the main thing that helped me prepare to be ceo of tech company was my residency at ku uh and i think i talked about this a little bit last time but you know having a, a residency program out there that allows you to specialize in uh, you know, management and administration, you learn all the business stuff. So you learn how to manage people, you learn how to manage a budget, you learn how to build a financial model, uh, and you learn how to implement programs. And so I feel like that experience in particular really helped me. But you know, if you think about, you know, what our product is, and what we're trying to do, uh, it's build a product that serves pharmacists and pharmacies. And so having that experience in the healthcare setting and knowing, you know, how the healthcare system operates, you know, how pharmacists work with physicians, uh, what workflow looks like really informed me what we needed to build inside the product, what motivates pharmacists, what we need, uh, and, and the challenges associated with that. And so I feel like you take a step back and look at all the digital healthcare companies that are being kind of started today. Uh, very few of them have a clinician uh, in the driver's seat, kind of directing the vision. And so I feel like that's a huge uh, advantage for us is to kind of have that knowledge base built into the company and then recruiting a whole bunch of smart people to help us out. Yeah, and I, I, it's funny because I was just talking to someone else about like uh, companies being led by non-clinicians versus clinicians. And that's a really, really good point. Uh, I, I also wanted to kind of ask you a little bit about specifically at DocStation. I know that you're one of the pharmacists there. Like, what is your team comprised of in terms of the, the, the product itself? Like, is there like a clinical team that helps with the technology team? Or like, is it one person that does both? How, how is that set up? Yeah, it's a great question. So I was the only pharmacist on the team, the only clinician on the team for the longest time. Uh, and our organization early days was really set up heavy on the product side. And so, uh, you know, we just needed smart engineers to, to build the product. And so um, my co-founder and I, his name's Josh Matz, we just collaborated really early on. And I feel like I've now almost fully downloaded my brain into his and so, you know, we, we kind of operate in tandem uh, pretty seamlessly. And so he's built a great product team underneath him. Uh, what that looks like, just to kind of give you guys a picture of it, is a product team is mostly made up of engineers. Uh, we have a, a lead product designer who's shaping kind of the vision of the platform and new features that we're building. Uh, we've got a product manager 
that then works with the engineers to kind of bring that vision, those designs to life. And then we've got a data analyst who is focused on you know, moving data in and out of the platform um, and really reporting and giving insights into you know, the actual clinical programs that are being run by pharmacists. And so that's one you could think about it as, I guess, as a, a division of the company. And the other side is just all falls under operations. And so that's where, you know, the clinicians kind of come into play. So uh, we've got a nurse on the team. Uh, we've got another pharmacist on the team. And we actually started a fellowship uh, that uh, adds a, a third pharmacist onto the team. And it's not siloed in the sense that, you know, they're the clinical team, so to speak. You know, what we want to do is integrate operational roles uh, and bring in clinicians who have experience, you know, on the front lines, but also, you know, in the management and the administration of, of health systems and just kind of know how the healthcare system operates. You know, they can serve you know, very important, critical roles inside a tech company, too. And so when you blend those expertise together, uh, it kind of contributes to, you know, building this culture where we're blending, you know, technology uh, with healthcare. And I feel like that's serving us very, very well so far. And we want to continue to do that in the future. Uh, that's really cool because it, it is a lot bigger than I was actually uh, expecting. I think it did change actually since uh, the last time we talked. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I can't remember exactly how many folks that we had on the team back then, but uh, now we're we're surpassing 20 uh, full-time employees. We're building out uh, new kind of functional areas inside the company. So uh, figuring out how to you know, it's a dirty word, but, you know, how to do sales and business development, right? It's a completely separate function requiring completely separate expertise. Uh, we just hired our first director of marketing. Uh, so we're figuring out how to um, brand ourselves, talk about ourselves, communicate to, you know, pharmacies and to health plans. Uh, and uh, you just further diversifying the company. As you kind of grow and get bigger, you have to lay the foundation for kind of where you want to go and bring in experts who know this stuff and have been doing it for years because, you know, you can't do it all yourself. Yeah, you know, that your expansion is pretty interesting because it's happening during the time of like um, a lot of people are doing are changing the way that they work uh, because of the pandemic. So I, I was wondering if that affected like how you hired or like if your station, your company stationed more like across the nation now or if it's still like mm -hmm. within a certain um, geographical area, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I feel like we got lucky or maybe we were just ahead of the game. So my co-founder, Josh, came from a company called Envision. And when he joined, I think he was employee 75. He was a lead software engineer. And he watched that organization grow from 75 to about 500. And that company was actually remote first from the very beginning. And so, you know, the headquarters is in Seattle. You know, Josh at the time was in the Austin, Texas area. That's where we met. And uh, he experienced rapid growth um, and you know, the company had a massive amount of employees and they were always virtual first. And so when we started the company, that was really important for him. It was different for me, right? I came from the health system world. You have to meet to get anything done. And uh, oftentimes, you know, what I've realized is that that can slow you down. And so when the pandemic hit, you know, there was really no disruption to, you know, how we got work done. It was uh, everyone else kind of adapting to getting work done. But, you know, we had all the you know, software tools and systems kind of already implemented. You know, we use Zoom every day. You know, we're on Slack, you know, Asana to track tasks. So all these different things we already had built in, which I think gave us a, a bit of an advantage and, you know, allows us to kind of continue to work remotely today. And then getting to the recruiting thing that you mentioned, you know, it, it was a, a major advantage for us to be 
a remote company before the pandemic because I think people were getting to the place where they're like, man, work is hard. I got to go into work every day. It doesn't really work. You know, there's no work-life balance. And we're sitting here talking about work-life integration, right? Because that's what working from home really is. And so uh, now that the pandemic, uh, you know, is in full swing and everyone's used to, you know, working virtually, you know, we don't stand out as much. So we got to find new ways to, to recruit some of the best people. I see. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that because, yeah, a lot of roles now are remote. So it becomes a little bit more of a, a challenge if you've always been hiring remote, right? Right. I see. Um, and then, you know, for, you know, DocStation is always a, a very evolving platform. And as platforms evolve, they also adapt to things that are going on. And for COVID-19, like how does your company keep up to date with everything that's going on and also uh, enact these different changes or features to kind of um, kind of keep up to date and playing playing like I guess not playing catch up but just staying up to date with what's going on. Yep, uh, another great question, Tony. So I feel like, and we've done this since the beginning. It's really paying attention and engaging with the pharmacies that are on our platform, right? And so you know, I was in practice at one time, but you know, it's been a few years, right? So I really don't have a, a great sense on a day to day basis of you know, what pharmacist needs are and how workflow is changing. Um, you know, so when when COVID kind of hit, you know, the needs shifted at the pharmacy, right? They, they were find, trying to figure out, okay, how do I get test kits in so I can start doing COVID testing? We built a risk screening tool that helped pharmacists kind of identify, you know, who in their patient population could be at high risk. So maybe they could pay a little bit uh, extra attention to those folks and, um, you know, uh, just keep a closer eye. And as the pandemic moved on uh, and the vaccine came out, uh, then it was about, you know, figuring out how they were going to schedule patients at the pharmacy. Uh, so right now we didn't do it immediately, but right now we're actually working on uh, scheduling and an appointment functionality inside the platform um, to bring patients in for appointments. Another huge thing, and this is something that, you know, was always on our roadmap, but became even more critical during during the pandemic and still today is is billing. You know, how do we bill for these vaccines? Uh, and it's not just billing for the product itself and getting reimbursement for you know the cost of, of the immunization, but it's the time that it takes to administer the vaccine. How do we help the pharmacy recoup some of those expenses? So, uh, you know, that, that's a big part of, you know, this early utilization of the medical billing side of the platform is, is billing for vaccine administration. And I think that, um, uh, you know, it, it's just about, you know, again, keeping a pulse on your customers, talking to them often, asking them questions, having an open line of communication. So if there is feedback to be given and we're not asking for it, um, that, you know, our pharmacies can feel comfortable just coming to us and being like, hey, we really need this. Can you guys do this for us? And it, it just becomes a collaborative kind of relationship. It's really neat. Yeah, that's that's always a great point, especially like the open line of communication. That's, you know, having an open dialogue, regardless of, you know, in your role or even like my role at the hospital organization, where I, I actually try to keep a conversation with the, the pharmacists within the staff to make sure that those requests are clear and, you know, all those kind of things. Um, but it's always a good point to bring up that the open line communication can really push things forward because now everyone's kind of on the same page. So now that we talked about, you know, we talked about how um, DocStation is today with the current state with the pandemic, but where do you see or envision DocStation kind of going uh, this point forward, like in the future? Yeah, so I think we're at, maybe I've been saying this for a couple of years, but we definitely are now at an inflection point where pharmacists have an opportunity to position themselves as frontline care providers. And what I mean by that is we're operating in a world where, uh, you know, 
a large part of our business model is still tied to dispensing prescriptions. And, you know, there's been uh, a few kind of like breakthrough wins for us, you know, even at the, as high as the Supreme Court level where, you know, we're able to combat some of those prescription reimbursement issues, but the problem's not going to go away. And we've been talking about being providers for so long, and now we're in a position to actually do it. So the, the biggest example that I'll give you is state legislation. So on a state level, and this has been massively accelerated due to COVID, the states are passing these laws that effectively mandate payers reimburse pharmacists for services. So the barrier becomes, how do we get pharmacists to provide these services efficiently and then actually bill the insurance companies for those services in these states that have passed these laws? And so that's our primary focus right now, right? You know, there's 21 states out there um, we're beating the streets, talking to pharmacies about these opportunities. What we're finding is we almost, we do have to educate pharmacists that this is an actual opportunity and show them that they can transition a large portion of their business to services. And there's a variety of, uh, you know, challenges that come along with that. And we're wrapping around the services to help with that transition. So, you know, how do I make my pharmacy look more like a clinic. Well, there's a ton of operational aspects to that. There's staffing aspects of that. And so we feel like this is the right thing for patients. We feel like it's the right thing for the healthcare system overall. And so that's our primary focus over the next three, probably five years. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Um, uh, you know, it's it's great to, you know, for pharmacists on the front line to, to kind of move in that direction. And uh, there are also pharmacists too that you know, want to be more involved with what you're doing, right? Something like on your side where they're helping usher that next uh, next step for pharmacists to get reimbursed and using healthcare technology as a means to do that. So uh, I guess like, do you have any advice for those pharmacists who want to move towards the vendor side or the healthcare technology side um, to kind of be able to to help with that side of things to kind of push everything forward? Yeah, I think it's a really exciting time. You know, we're talking about DocStation, but there's so many digital health companies being started. Uh, I was just looking at the numbers and, uh, you know, venture capital funding in this digital healthcare space has been steadily increasing over the last seven years, let's say, but just in the last two years. So 2020, there was $20 billion invested, which was an outlier. And then in 2021, 40 billion. So it doubled. And so it's, it's, this money is going to fund digital health startups, you know, from the ground up. And so you're seeing all these new innovative technologies coming out, uh, being marketed. And so my advice to anyone out there is, you know, pay attention to these companies, pay attention to their job postings. You know, if they're not started by clinicians, and even if they are, you know, they're looking for people who understand the healthcare system. They're looking for pharmacists. They're looking for nurses. They're looking for physicians. And we need to um, be aware and kind of position ourselves to come in and, and take those roles and really impact the organization and impact the overall success. All of it has the potential to really impact patient care and drive healthcare costs down and outcomes up. And so we just need to be there to play a role and be involved. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And, you know, if people wanted to have, uh, you know, if the people wanted to ask you for the questions, uh, maybe about you or maybe about DocStation or healthcare technology, the state of healthcare technology and digital health, uh, what's the best way that they can reach you? Yeah, any means necessary, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, or directly via email. So my email is sam, S-A-M-M, -M, at docstation.co. 
Awesome. Thank you. I'll be putting that into the show notes. But to be respectful of your time, I want to just say thank you again. Thank you so much for returning to the podcast today to share more about, you know, digital health, healthcare technology, and to, to share more about what DocStation is currently doing right now. Thanks, Tony. All right. If you like our show, please share with your friends, or you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also check us out on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And you can also reach out to me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. If you want to network, you can check out the Pharmacist Slack group at PharmacistConnect.com, which is P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. There's different topic channels, including informatics, and I've met some great colleagues on there. And I look forward to connecting with you as well. Thank you again for listening. And I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And remember, technology is a tool. Patient care is the goal. Oh, 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 oh,